Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Starting now, you can get a transcript of each week's Rich Dad Radio Show. Just visit www.richdad.com radio and download a copy today. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And my sweetheart, Kim, will not be on the program today. She is doing her life's passion, which is to play golf. Today, we have a fantastic show for you. And uh, the theme of the show is that money doesn't make you rich. And all the times I hear that, you know, well, when I have a million dollars, then I'll be rich and all that. And really, that's not true. I'll say it repeated again. The theme, the theme of this program, which that radio show, is that money doesn't make you rich. And today we have champions on this show, guys who are multi-millionaires in their twenties. You know, everybody says, "Oh, I wish I was rich and all this," but what you're going to find out is that money doesn't make you rich. So our guests today are three champions. As a First is my dear friend, Rod Smith, two times Super Bowl champion and three times pro bowler. He's an entrepreneur and author, and he played for the great Denver Broncos. Our other guest is Ryan Boyles, former NFL player of the Detroit Lions. He's a rookie of the year in 2012. Today is an entrepreneur, real estate investor, and uh, he, was, he played for the University of Oklahoma, and he's a first-team All-Big 12 in 2011. And our other guest is Chris Redman, NFL career spent with Atlanta Falcons and Baltimore Ravens. I mean, these guys are champions. And I know, you know, this is a worldwide broadcast, and not everybody played gridiron or football. As it, football is soccer in most parts of the world, and gridiron is our football. And then, of course, there's my sport, which is rugby. And so these guys, to make the NFL, it's virtually impossible. They make millions and millions of dollars, and their career is over. And so what we're going to be talking about today is that money doesn't make you rich. That's the theme. We have three experts in this field because they lived it. They're in their 20s and sometimes teens, and they become multimillionaire. What happens to you when all that money hits you? That's the theme of the show and how many people actually go broke. First, let's start with my friend Rod. Rod, give us a quick synopsis of how you went from high school to pro real quickly. Uh, first of all, I was undrafted. You know, out of college, I was undrafted. What, and, what does that um, mean? Because we have a lot of people who are <laughs> all over the world. They don't, what does that mean? Uh, you know, they, they have a draft where a team chooses you, and uh, I didn't get drafted. And so but, but I Rod, you know what that's like? When you, Rod, what's like when a kid, you all line up, and they only choose, they got... They got, they're going to choose five <laughs> players and you're number six. <laughs> That's the one. Oh, they chose 200 and some players and I was number 201 or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. So, um, you know, the NFL, they have a draft. It's over 200 and some players. It's seven rounds of draft picks between 32 teams. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at my at my uh, uh, house there in college and I'm waiting on my name and it never came. And so it was very heartbreaking uh, to not get drafted. But uh, I got a chance to sign as a free agent with the Broncos uh, right after I got out of school and, and I took advantage of it and, uh, and went to work. That's fantastic. And you, you played how many years with the Broncos? Played 14 years. So going from undrafted to playing 14 years in one city was absolutely remarkable. Guys are still trying to figure out how I did it. So, yep. Man, what a story. <laughs> and incredible. then you were the captain of the Broncos also, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of my last eight years, you know, in Denver, I was the team captain, you know, represented the team in, uh, in negotiations and stuff with the uh, union and everything. So, you know, I kind of built my, my name and reputation in, in Denver, you know, just working hard. And I kept my head down and went to work. And so... Um, it definitely wasn't easy, but it's a lot easier than going to get a job. How about that? <laughs> but, but also, I love the story you tell is that you go into the locker room. You're an undrafted free agent. And all of these guys are from big name schools like Michigan State and all the big Oklahoma. schools. You said, look, sweethearts, the game isn't played in the locker room. I'll see you on the field or something like that. That's where the game's played. Yeah, you know, um, when you walk in there, you got all these guys and they have their leather jackets on and their school all in their locker. And, you know, I went to Missouri Southern State, you know, a university, a small school in Division Two, And you got your big Notre Dame schools and these guys are bragging about their school. And I tell them, I said, man, listen, the game is not played in this locker room. We're going to go outside on this field and we'll, we'll figure out who's going to be here and who's not. That's I love that story. I love that story. And then we have Ryan Boyles has been on our program before. And Ryan, please tell us your story. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse coming from a big school, like Rod just said. Some guys are kind of boast about where they're from, and I was not in any any different situation. Obviously, Oklahoma is a premier school. We essentially just had a Heisman winner. We have multiple Heisman winners, championships. So. Um, but I was really a humble guy, though, man, all throughout the process of having different accolades and things like that. Um, and I kind of have a unique story of even why Robert Kiyosaki is a big part of, of my, my life. Um, my senior year in college, I, or essentially my junior year in college, and I'll try to sum this, sum this up pretty quickly. My junior year in college, I had an opportunity of leaving um, early. I led the nation in, in receptions, receiving yards and touchdowns, essentially in one year. Uh, I was an All-American, a Belenikov finalist at that point, and that would be the top receiver in the country award. Um, and I, but I decided to come back uh, for my senior year. I wanted to win a championship, wanted to uh, solidify myself as being the number one or the best receiver ever to go to the University of Oklahoma. And in the eighth game of my senior year, um, I tore my ACL. So my life was just kind of crushed at that point, thinking, why did I come back? Uh, you know, a bunch of different doubts. I just threw away my draft stock here and there. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to get drafted in the second round. So I took it as a blessing. Um, and so I knew at that point, you know, you hear so many stories about athletes losing all their money. I was like, this is a, a gift from God that I did not slip to the seventh round or even undrafted, like Rod said. Um, so I knew at that point I had to be a good shepherd of, of my finances. And the first thing that I did, honestly, was um, I researched what do rich people do. I didn't come, I came from humble backgrounds. No one in my college was the first one to graduate from college. Um, didn't have anyone in my family. And I knew at this point that I've got to make great decisions. So I actually Googled what do rich people do. And one of the first books that came, that came to mind was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was actually probably the first book that I read. Um, and it really changed my mentality and psychologically um, the way that I thought about finances, thought about my future, passive income, and things like that. Well, thank you, that, Ryan. I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. And our third guest today is Chris Redman. 
And his NFL career was spent with the Atlantic Falcons and the Baltimore Ravens. You know, congratulations, Chris. And Chris, what college did you go to? And uh, did you wear the leather jacket that Rod did not have? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Robert, thanks for having me on. And, Thank uh, you. No, I didn't wear the red leather jacket too much. I kind of went a little out of style, so I never really rocked the jacket too much. But uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Here we're, uh, we're known for horses and basketball growing up uh, in my time. And so – uh, you know, coming out of high school, I was a national player of the year. So I had an opportunity to go to a lot of different schools. But uh, my dad and my grandfather both played here at the University of Louisville. And I was just dying to be the third generation to play uh, to play football for, for the University of Louisville. It's just kind of where I've always wanted to play. So we stuck it out. We actually had a pretty good offense, ended up number one in the country and, and um, uh, did, did pretty well and, and got, got an opportunity to get drafted uh, to the Baltimore Ravens where, you know, I was, I was on a Super Bowl team. And kind of like you said, sometimes being rich, not everything, kind of championships sometimes is not, is not all what it cracks up to be, too, because as soon as you're done with the championship, and Rod can obviously attest for this twice, but as soon as you, you know, you're ready for another one. So it's kind of like, you know, you can never get enough. And so, you know, I kind of found, you know, there's a lot of other things that can, can make you successful, and successful is kind of just kind of an opinion anyway. So uh, what, what, what does it really take to be successful? So uh, kind of, you know, I had a great career, nine years in, the, in an NFL but, uh, you know, I see a lot of the financial struggles that, you know, uh, I mean, everyone kind of goes through at times. You know, you, isn't your career, your NFL career sometimes doesn't always, you know, end up the, the exact way that you think it's going to happen. But, um, you know, I think the smarter you are with, with your money during your career, um, that's the important part, and hopefully that's what we can do moving forward. Well, congratulations, you know, and, and for those of you who may not understand the NFL, National Football League, or gridiron, or football, or, you know, what Americans call it, to be a quarterback I think it's every kid's dream, you know, except that I was a little fat guy, so I was on the line. I was a tackle. <laughs> and then uh, the quarterbacks are usually tall and good-looking. The linemen are fat and ugly, so I fit in the line. <laughs> and, and, and the same as in rugby. I'm always on the front line as I'm prop, and I'm, I'm staring at some of the ugliest guys on earth. But you have to love the game. So today, once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Day Radio Show. We're talking about... The champions, Rod Smith from the Denver Broncos, Ryan Boyles from, from the Detroit Lions, and Chris Wedman with the Falcons and Baltimore Ravens. So what we're talking about is what happens when you're a young person, young man in this case, and they're saying that most athletes, they go bust, even though having millions of dollars. So let me start with Rod. What was it like to be a young man coming from a poor background and suddenly be a millionaire? Well, you know, one thing that was unique for me is uh, because I didn't get drafted um, and I didn't make a million dollars in the NFL until my fifth year. See, I was already in and I was making the minimum um, in the what's, first what's, few years I was minimum? in the league. Uh, the, the minimum for Eight me at the time hour? was $100,000. <laughs> Jesus, what a point. Wow. Man. Wow. <laughs> hey, that, my, first year, my first year I made sixty grand. In my, in my third year, I was making $100,000. And the year we won the Super Bowl, I was the wow. lowest paid receiver in the league. Lowest paid starter receiver in the league, I was making $400,000. That's still a ton of money. Trust me, for me, growing up on welfare and food stamps, you gave me anything yeah. above 20 bucks. I've considered myself rich. So, uh, But one thing is, because I had that humble beginning, uh, when the money started to come, I kept the principles. Uh, and, and I learned a lot of those principles from the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, uh, and I've told this story before. We were flying to New York. I'll never forget it. We were going to play the Jets. And, and a friend of mine, Ray Crockett, a great friend of mine, he saved my life in my, in my opinion. He, was, he said, hey, man, you need to read this. And he reached over the seat because I sat behind him. 
And he handed me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It said, what the rich teach their kids about money that the poor and the middle class don't. And I said, dude, I need that right now. And I took mm-hmm. his book from him. I didn't give it back. I read 100 pages before we even hit the ground. And I, I bought every book and read every book you've written ever since. So by the time my millions came, I had some basic, some, some very, very strong principles in place. So I was able to take the money and, and do some good things with it. Now, trust me, I did blow some money. <laughs> you know, when you get that kind of money coming in, you start, you know, treating yourself a little bit because you deserve it. And so, so my story is a little bit unique. Once again, Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Dad Radio Show. We're supposed to Rod Smith. When we come back, we'll be asking Ryan Broyles, player with the Detroit Lions and Chris Redman with the Atlanta Falcons and Baltimore Ravens, what it was like to be a young man and to be suddenly rich. Because the theme of this show is that money does not make you rich. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Good news and bad news about money. And you can listen to this program on iTunes or Android, anytime, anywhere. If you listen to this program again, you'll learn a lot more. But this is, we archive them so you can speak to your friends, family, especially your business partners about this subject. Because our subject today is we have three men on board here who became very rich early in life. Stories go is that 70%, they estimate, of all athletes are bankrupt within two to five years. So money doesn't make you rich. And I hear so many people say to me, when I have money, then I'll be rich. And the theme here at Rich Dad is that that doesn't make you rich. Money will never make you rich because if you don't have the theme or philosophy of money in your head as well as the skills, that money goes right through your fingers. That is the problem. So I'm going to read you a funny story because people always, and we have pro football players, gridiron. Everybody picks on them because they're not supposed to be the brightest guys on planet Earth. And... (laughs) And the basketball players and, you know, baseball players are supposed to be a little smarter. Same as the gymnast. But this is baseball great. I'll pick on him. Kurt Schilling made $112 million over 20 years. But he went so broke that in 2013 he begged the Baseball Hall of Fame to return his bloody sock from a famous pitching performance against the Yankees so that he could auction it off. Uh, it brought in $92,000. But the guy had to, it was kind of like O.J. Simpson. He had to go get, get back his memorabilia to be able to make payments. So, again, the theme of this show here, I mean, a bloody sock, my God, I wouldn't pay anything for yeah. that. 
But anyway, those baseball players, right, you guys? <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk about what it's like to be a young man and suddenly be very rich. We heard Rod's story that he was fortunate. He didn't get the big bucks when he signed, and it took three or four years. So Ryan Broyles has a little different story. He got injured because he had the, you see, the dedication and the loyalty to go back to his alma mater, University of Oklahoma, to play out his final year to support the team, and he gets injured. But that was a blessing in disguise. So, Ryan, what, what is your story on that, and how, what, what, did you, what, was, what was it like to become rich suddenly as a young man? Man, I think rich is relative, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's just the way you look at it. Um, I've got some interesting stories where I felt like a million dollars was really nothing. Uh, so, for instance, when I was a rookie, Nate Burleson and Calvin Johnson, as a rookie, were, were some veterans. They both played great careers. One of them might be a Hall of Famer or will be a Hall of Famer, Calvin Johnson. Um, so I, we, they would always give guys, first, second round, round guys, hard times calling us new money. Um, so it was just like a theme of the year. Oh, hey, new money, can you get us this, can you get us that? And so they actually put me in my place one time, not that I was out boasting or bragging by any means, but Nate Burleson was actually the – he sat next next to me in the locker, and he says, you know what, that's good startup money. Growing up, making it to the NFL, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm rich. Now, you know, I've signed for over a million dollars right when I, when I essentially got drafted. That was a lot of money, not that I was out blowing it, but to me I was like, wow, I, I made it. And so to have a veteran next to me that's making five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a game, and I'm making a small fraction of that, I was humbled. So I knew at that point, you know what, that's, it's a lot of money, but in all reality, if, if I want to be a great player, I will get rewarded with those things. So mine was more about the rewards of being a great player instead of the actual money. But don't get me wrong, when I, when I went back home, um, yes, people – they look at me, look at you different when you make different type of money. How, how um, so it's really a, it's a culture shock for you. So I think my process of coming into some money um, really opened my eyes. It made me be less flamboyant, I guess you could say, not that I ever was, but I was more humble, more reserved. And so even at this point now, when I did have a little money, I'm well more educated than those that don't have any money. Whereas, in all reality, if you have no money, you should be sticking to these principles even more than someone that does have money. So, um, so that's essentially where I am. So how, how, old, how old were you when you earned your first million? Uh, 24. That's pretty young. That's pretty young. So thank you for that story. Next, we're going to talk to Chris Wetman, NFL career spent with the Atlanta Falcons in Baltimore. What was it like to suddenly be a millionaire? Well, you know, growing up for me, my, uh, my parents were school teachers. So I never had all the money, but I never knew that. I, I always felt like I had everything I needed, you know, and, and they, I was in a good school. And, you know, so I, I really didn't grow up, I feel like, um, wealthy, and, but, and I didn't really grow up poor. So I felt like I was kind of in the, in the middle a little bit, I guess. Um, I always wanted more. You know, I always wanted to, to be, you know, more and more successful. But, uh, but I just remember in high school, you know, Friday nights, I was like, man, it doesn't get any better than this. And then in college, you know, went in a big game on Saturday, man, Life doesn't get any better than this. Next thing you know, it, you're in the NFL, and you do get you do get paid. And um, and I was like, man, this is this is as good as it gets. And so just for me, I always felt like I had what I needed to have at at that particular time. But um, probably made you know my first million in, in my second contract, I guess. And you know, which is kind of crazy because yeah, you can make a million, and on the on you know on the ticker it says you make a million dollars. Well, half of that goes to taxes. You know, three percent goes to your agent. You're you know you have other 
feed you have to take care of. I mean, it's, it, you know, a lot of that money is, um, it looks a little bit different coming across the ticker on the screens. You know, I think the concepts, obviously, that, that you, Robert, and Kim have came up with are, are, are spectacular for, for guys that are playing to have some type of res, residual income when you're finished playing. So if you start that while you're playing, um, so you don't go from making millions of dollars, and then as soon as you walk off the field, you have nothing coming in. So I think there's I think there's something to be said there that, that guys need to look into that a little bit more to, to be ready for for that next type that that next step in life and it's a, it's a tough transition you know it's kind of hard to redefine yourself after you know always being a football player your whole life as soon as you're done you're, you know everybody looks at you a football player you're so far behind in business and uh, and you know in, in, in everyday life that you know you you put a hundred percent. And you can ask any guy that played in the league, they put 100% on that field, and that's what you're concentrating on. That. You're not really concentrating on business and, and other things. You're concentrating on what you're, your task. You're a professional athlete. You need to, you know, that's where you put all your time in. The NFL does a good job. They have annuities for guys that now it's mandatory to be in where you collect money. So there's good things that the NFL, are doing, the NFL is doing. But I do think that um, guys should be more prepared, and hopefully uh, you know, we can help out some of those guys for the future. Well said, well said. So what we're going to go into next is we'll talk about some of the horror stories because that's what I love to hear. You know, everybody wants to hear <laughs> the National Enquirer. Like I was reading this article, this one guy had 10 kids and seven wives. Holy moly. Another one said the moment he signed that contract, his mother says, you owe me a million dollars. So you have women, you have family, you have friends, and you have investment advisors. And, you know, for years, Kim and I were asked by both the NFL and the National Basketball Association, could we come in and talk to the young athletes about how to manage their money? And the first person that stepped up against us were the managers. They didn't want us getting between their player and, you know, they didn't want us in there because they want to give them the financial advice. And then what happens is that you know, it's, I don't think I would have listened to either. <laughs> you know, if I wouldn't listen to anybody, I'd spend that money. So I think, you know, it's just not as simple as giving somebody some education. So I'm going to ask you guys to tell a horror story without giving their names. So Mr. Rod, what's one of the worst horror stories? You guys had a lot of money. He went from boom to bust. Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, the, the, the crazy part is, is, is I was very observant. Uh, and I knew, you know, from being the union rep for our team, that three years and uh, three games is when you qualify for, for your pension in the NFL. But most of the guys who I played with, I went in, there was a big rookie class, and all of them were pretty much out of the game except for like three of us in four years. And, and, and I watched them go through some stuff. You know, one of my buddies who we played together 12 years, I think he bought over 20-something cars while we were playing. And I'm like, dude, why do you keep buying all these damn cars? Dude, you got one ass. You can only drive one at a time. Why do you keep buying all these cars? <laughs> you literally change cars every every off-season. Like, the, when the off-season come up, he would have two or three different cars, like, every off-season. And, and I'm like, bro, you got to start, you know, putting some money away and this, this, and that. And, and I remember um, it would end up being his last year. Um, his wife called me. Tell me, hey, listen, can you help us? I'm like, you know, you know, we just finished the season. It was like two months after the season was over. Uh, his wife called me and said, hey, listen, can you help us? I'm like, help you with what? You know, well, well, we don't have any money. I said, what do you mean you don't have any money? The season just ended, like, you know, 60 days ago. And she started telling me some things, and I said, listen, I'm sorry, I can't give you any money. I said, for years I've been trying to give you guys advice, and 
you know, I can't give you any money. And I honestly, I had to leave it at that. It's, it's hard that you, you could help a person, but I was really trying to help them, you know, when we were in year five and year six, uh, trying to show them what I was reading in these, these little purple books. They could always see me in the back of the plane. They could see me in the training room. They could see me whenever there was some downtime when I was at that, uh, that office. They saw Rod reading Rich Dad books. There was a bunch of them. And I can tell you one thing that was a testament to not only uh, you and your wife and your vision, but one year, Coach Shanahan let me train the rookies on financial literacy. I actually got to bring the rookies in, and I had the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, and I remember I had $30,000 in cash that I put on the table, and they were looking at it, and they was gawking over it. And I said, guys, all you spend way more than this going to Vegas. I said, every one of your cars costs more than this. You haven't made a dime in this business, and you've already spent way more than this. And they're like, no way, no way, no way. And I said, listen, because it's in cash, now it looks important. I said, but you've been spending it the whole time. And so I got a chance to actually teach financial literacy to the guys because I learned from you and because I, I would literally follow you all over the country, listen to your, 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 your shows and go to different events where you were because I didn't want to be on where are they now. You know, those guys who leave the game and they have nothing, you know, and they sound like, you know, with Chris and Ryan, I'm just so proud of you guys because you don't fit that mold. And for me, that it terrified me that I would be one of those guys that they would look back and say, man, this guy used to have this, and now he has nothing. So, you know, that's one of my horror stories. I got plenty of them, but, you know, I just wanted to share that one. Thank you very much. Hey, Ryan, we, we have about a minute left. You, can you give uh, an example of somebody who squandered it away? Yeah, well, this, you really don't have too many extreme stories, but I do have a friend of mine that, um, you know, a guy that I've known for a long time that played excellent college football, got drafted, um, in the league, and it seemed like he had his whole posse or, I guess, entourage that he kind of supported over the years. Um, and he would go from, like Rod said, car to car, um, nice place to nice place, and then all of a sudden you get cut, and then you're essentially on social media living the, the life of struggle, um, you know, a life of defeat. So, obviously, that's one of the stories that I have. And, like Rod said, you never want to be one of those guys that has the world in your hands and you just let it slip. Um, so that's essentially um, how I see it all. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, look, once again, Robert Kiel, second the Rich Day Radio Show. We're talking about what it happens when you're the champion and you go from all of a sudden multimillionaire to broke. So when we come back, we'll find out more from Chris Redman if he has any stories or friends who squandered it away. And then we'll find out what Rod, Ryan, and Chris are doing today to be successfully financially successful you're listening to the rich dad radio show with robert kiyosaki robert kiyosaki's rich dad advisors have a great gift for you visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success five free reports that can help you right now and while there check out the author's choice audio series audio is a great way to learn and for as little as 99 cents you can download key chapters from all the rich dad advisor books you can listen to the myths and magic of real estate investing seven steps to limited liability the four pillars of investing team code of honor or the psychology of debt among other great audios for pennies you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race so please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters that's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now this is the rich dad radio show 
the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. We're talking to champions today, but the theme of this show is how money doesn't make you rich because these champions became millionaires early in life and many of their peers became poor early in life also after making millions. So money doesn't make you rich. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And you can listen to this program again on richdadradio.com. We archive this program because repetition is one of the ways we learn more. Listen to this program again, and you'll learn even more because repetition is how we learn. But more importantly, if you have friends, family members, business associates, but especially young young people, you know, your your, kid, your children, have them listen to these this program because these guys here are not just champions; they're stars in their own right. And as a young person, I always looked up to them. So uh, we're talking today about, we're talking about what are some of the pitfalls of being a millionaire young. You have friends, you have family and all this, but for every guy like me, one of the reasons I wanted to play football, that was a nice way to meet the girls. And unfortunately, I was a fat and ugly lineman, and the guys that got all the girls or the chicks were the quarterbacks, and I got nothing. So we have Chris Redman. He spent his career with the Falcons and Baltimore Ravens, and he wound up as a quarterback, a professional quarterback. I mean, that's almost getting close to God. And Rod Smith also played quarterback. <laughs> so I don't know what that feels like. So, would you, Chris, what is it like, if you, you guys can chime in here, what does it feel like with women? What happens to guys when you're young and rich and famous? What happens with the women? Well, let me be honest. I, I didn't grow up winning any beauty contests when I was younger. And so, but the, uh, the older you get, and then obviously uh, being on TV, the quarterback gets interviewed. Um, he's got to talk about the game. He's got to, he's on TV a lot. That's just part of, part of the position, leadership. Uh, a lot of people are looking to him, you know, even in high school, the quarterback, you know, uh, people are just watch, watch what he does walking up and down the hallway is kind of like, you kind of get, kind of get used to that. Next thing you know it, you're a lot better looking than you were when you were younger. <laughs> and that's just, that's just part of that's part of it. Now you know you talk about some some stories. I've seen guys that played the position that had entourages of, of women around them that um, you know wearing fur coats. And I you know I'm an outdoorsman and I know what animals look like. I don't see any purple animals. They're wearing purple fur coats around <laughs> and with all these women around. I'm like, man, it, these guys are uh, probably using their money in the wrong ways. But anyways, it, it does happen. And there's a, there's a you know there's a lot of opportunity out there for guys to. But, you know, you get an opportunity to, to put yourself in that situation. That's kind of what we talked about off air a little bit. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I think that, um, you know, yourself, it, it, depending on what you're looking for and how you want to represent yourself, you know, that, that's, the, that's in your character. That goes a lot longer than, uh, in, you know, a couple one-night deals and stuff. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's a lot of fun things to do and a lot of great things. But, you know, you, you, can, uh, you can realize that the, the true people that, that um, they want to be friends and be, be around you, and then you can tell the people that just want to hang on you. I'm kind of, I guess I'm a little like Kim. I love to play golf. I've had some, some guys in um, in my locker room that, uh, you know, I wanted to play. I like playing golf. I'm real competitive. And one guy, he came to me, asked, he said, hey, what, what do you want to play for? I'm like, man, he's, uh, let me play for that Lambo you got, in your, and, you know, that he drives to work every day. So let me give, give me the Lambo for the weekend if I win. And he's like, oh, man, that's a $500,000 car. He said, he's like, why don't you just take my Ferrari? It's only two fifty. And so <laughs> next thing you know, this is wow. a money. But and it's just it's just crazy that you know it's kind of it's the same story over and over you hear you know um uh, nonstop and and you know people 
uh, put putting money in things that that depreciated, it's 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 tough, and that goes by real fast. Well, I'll give you guys credit to having the uh, willpower because I know if I was 25 years old, making millions of dollars a year, and women were all around, I'd be. I'd have a good time. That's all I want to say. Anyway, <laughs> well, we'll get into now a more important part, the sobering part about it is what did you guys do to preserve your gift and your wealth and transfer it into the future? So let's start with Ryan because your story is really about that, isn't it? Being, being uh, staying with Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma one more year, it kind of saw the light of what happens, how fast a career can end, right? Without a doubt. You know, as you... People say the NFL stands for not so long. Um, so I think I was fortunate enough to, you know, I guess on the on the work side of things, getting injured, which, which opened my eyes, and obviously being a rookie, feeling like I had a second chance, you know, made me look at things a little bit different. And then obviously the rookie symposium that that the National Football League holds every year, where just a workshop for all rookies. You go in and you learn finances, you learn insurance, you learn about the the new lifestyle, and I think at that point, you know, it kind of solidified which direction I was going to go as a professional athlete off the field, uh, and then picking up books and just learning as much as I could, um, and then obviously got some nuggets from different sources, and I started to figure out, you know, at, at one point, NFL really does mean not for long, so I was kind of pre- preparing myself from day one, um, and so passive income is something that I learned through you, Robert, which I really appreciate. Um, it's definitely worked out for my life so far to this point. So I try to make the best of all the investments I have. So initially I started out in, in the, the stock market and maneuvered into to real estate and started to evolve a little bit more in that in that aspect. And I do want to mention one story that I do remember from reading from Rich Dad Poor Dad. We actually talked about it two years ago at your place when we did the radio show. You talked about investing in properties and using none of your own money. And so 2017, um, it kind of dawned on me, um, at some point, you're going to have to use other people's money. And so what I started to figure out was buying distressed homes, um, fixing them up, adding value to it, put a tenant in, and you essentially have infinite returns when you pull your money out. Um, and so that's what I started to implement in 2017. I remember that from one of the first chapters in your book when you talked about a place in Arizona you and your wife and another partner bought. And so it started to make sense to how do you grow your, your cash flow so you can be your own boss, you can stay at home and, and live off of that cash flow. So that's what I've been doing over the last few years. Well, congratulations. Infinite return is, in my opinion, one of the most sophisticated financial concepts around that most people don't talk about. And I, I learned that in my 20s when I bought my first property for, I put $2,000 down on a credit card and I made yeah. 25 bucks. And I was hooked at that point. I said, if I can make money with nothing, I'm as close to God as I can get. So anyway, congratulations. Uh, Ryan's website is ryanlbroyles.com. So, uh, Chris, what did you do? Well, one thing that I've tried to do um, uh, is is have a good team around me. I try to have um, the smartest people, people that are way smarter than myself, and uh, in business and finance and taxes. Taxes is something I've always struggled with and never really understood exactly the benefits that you can get. And, and, and so I've, I've always tried to have where, where I, I feel like that I'm, I'm coming up short. I try to have somebody to fill that void. And, uh, and that's, that's one thing that I think is important that you talk about as well is have a, has a, have a great team around you. And, and so that's been really important for me. Um, you know, um, obviously the NFL helps out with some long-term investments they do, but, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I kind of I had a financial advisor put too much money in annuities, which, oh. um, you know, for long term, which is a, a huge, obviously, you know, they get these huge commissions off of these things, yep. which I learned in my MBA class lately. 
but you can't you can't you know buying a house and stuff you can't use that as collateral so it kind of put me in a tough spot so i sometimes learn the hard way about you know uh, long-term investing and stuff and so i feel like now i got a good rap and have a good team around me thank you for saying that because a lot of times when people talk about annuities and i know there's only one reason for an annuity is to make the guy who sells it rich you know i i personally and on top of that you get sued you lose your annuity you have no asset protection so that's kind of the reason I stay away from them as much as I can. And Brother Rod, what did you do when your career was over? You know what? Honestly, I, I tried. I'm still, it's an ongoing learning process. So first of all, I applaud both of you guys for sharing those stories because I'm sitting here taking notes. Uh, you know, the annuity thing that uh, Chris mentioned. Currently right now, I have over 20 different income streams. I learned from your books. I've been out of the game over 10 years now. And my, my whole thing for 2018 it's, it's three things. Decrease bad debt, increase my good debt, and increase my cash flow. It's re- keep it real, real simple. And that's what I've been doing. This year, 2018, is about buying power. Uh, I finished my book um, May of last year. Actually, Robert wrote the forward for my book, The Rod Effect. And it's just eight principles that talked about the different things that can keep you from some of these bad situations that happen. You know, I've owned an international uh, coffee business for the last nine years. Uh, made millions of dollars in, in, in coffee, and I didn't even drink coffee because I'm an entrepreneur. I look for opportunity. Real estate, of course, is one of my one of my biggest plays as well. And so, honestly, I, I just anytime you and Kim call me for anything, you know I'm going to come because I really believe the financial knowledge that I needed was missing until I got that book from Ray, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. It changed my life. And so, not only just reading the book, but you got to apply it and. And you got to have a good coach, guys. You got to have a coach. All of us know from being in sports and some of your listeners, I can promise you, you know, you have somebody who's willing to coach you, have the courage to go ask them to coach you and be humble enough to listen. Because most people, they even though they're good, especially at sports, you know, we're good athletes, but uh, sometimes as a good athlete, they don't want to listen. And That's- so I, I've always listened to Robert and, 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 and from afar, you know, I'm not with him all the time. I wish I could, but... You know, I've really have tried my best to apply everything I've learned from you, and I'll, I'll put my money up, and I'll go put the work in, and, and I learn. So I never lose because I learn. Thank you very, very much for the compliment on that. So in final words here, you know, like we're speaking to a lot of young people today, and, you know, most of them will probably never reach your level in sports or money that early in life. So even if they're not going to hit it that big, or they're not going to be that pro athlete or the Super Bowl winners. Give any advice for young people. So we'll start with Chris. What would you say to young people about money today? You know, I, I, can't, I don't think you should get too caught up in, like, how much money you make. I think it's what you do with your money. I think it's, uh, it's very important to, um, you know, how do you want to leave a legacy? Do you want to leave it, you know, just buying yourself things, or do you want to help, uh, help the community around you? I, I always feel better when, tr- trust me, I'm, I use my competitive uh, juices from football in the business world now, like, you know, for me, you know, making money is kind of like a scoreboard. I try to, you know, run that scoreboard up as much as I can, but I want to do some good things with that money. Congratulations. Thank you for that. Ryan, what do you advise for younger people? I think just to keep it simple with um, the basic fundamentals, Um, like you speak about, like a lot of financial people speak about, understand your credit scores, understand profit loss, understand, um, you know, insurance rates, understand uh, interest rates, you know, just learn the, the simple basic things because obviously, no matter what amount of money you amass, all those principles stand true. So just to keep it simple with those guys, really just understand financial literacy. 
Right. Congratulations. And Rod, I want everybody recommend his book, The Rod Effect, because I saved Rod for last year because, you see, Rod came from the projects to superstar. And a lot of times the people that lose their money come from projects. And so that project mentality travels with them into stardom. So his book, The Rod Effect, is a crucial book for anybody, especially if you have a poor person or you're raised in a poor mentality. Because a rich mentality is very, very different than a poor mentality. And the reason I love Rod's book, The Rod Effect, is simply because I had to do the same thing. I had to shift from my poor dad, PhD, academic mentality to an entrepreneur's mentality. And the mentalities are different. So shaking my upbringing, even though I was, we're never well off, um, but just kind of a poor person's mentality, poor academic mentality to rich, has been a struggle for me. So, Rod, what would you like to say to the young people today? How to get rid of the poor person's mentality or whatever you want to talk about? The, the, the first thing I would say is based off what you just said, the rich mentality is attainable and it doesn't cost you anything. My book, you can download it for free. You can literally download it for free. I didn't, I didn't write the book for profit. I wrote the book for purpose because someone gave me your book and it changed my, it changed my purpose, which increased my profits. So I, I want the, the people who grew up with that mentality of, of well, I got to have money first because that's the theme of the deal. Money doesn't make you rich. Most people think you got to have all this money. If you got a broke mentality, you're going to be broke again very quickly. It has no nothing to do with the money. But what did you so say, Rod? Rod, what did you say that's why they go broke is they have a poor person's mentality Absolutely. and they're given Absolutely. money? 100%. Ryan said something so key at the beginning of this program he said as soon as he got that money, he went, what do rich people do? He went, looked it up. See, most people won't do that. They'll just go copy what rich people do. They won't go look it up. Why do they do it? It's what you need to find out. And I love your book because it's all your books, it's not, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. You can download this stuff. You can get it off stuff off YouTube. You can get it from the internet. You can learn how to think rich before you ever get the money. If you can do it before you get the money, it's better because those learning curves cost, and they cost okay. a lot. You know, trust me, I've, I've, I've had some bad investments, of course, and I learned from them. But if I wouldn't have learned uh, early on, it would have been worse off. I so, would have been one of those where are they now stories. Right. So, Rod, how uh, how do they download your book? Where do they go to? Yeah, if you go to RodEffect.com, it'll, it'll, it'll be two little things. You click it and it says you go to the bottom of it, you can download it for free. I mean, if somebody wants a hard copy, well, I actually autograph it and personalize a message to every person. You know, like I say, I do that as well. But... I, I, I just attribute writing that book finally because your book, that one book specifically changed my life. So my goal was to give it back, give some of this information back and everybody's going to go through their own thing. But that's why you got to have a coach, guys. You got to have somebody you can have real conversation with, not some yes men, not somebody who's going to just say yes to everything you say and do. And because they're getting a check from you, you want somebody who will check you and say, hey, no, dude, you're about to make one of the best, one of the worst decisions of your life if you do that. You got to have those type of people in front of you. And that's a rich mentality. Every rich person I know has a coach. Amen. They did not get there on their own. So Amen. Rich, so if I, could, can I could plug where our rich dad's coach here, rich dad's yes, education. That's true. Because so that's many, absolutely. Yeah. And also another thing is that business, entrepreneurship's a team sport. 
And most people go to school and they're gonna they want to be the smartest. And they want to do it on their own. You don't have to be the smartest person to be rich, and I'm living proof of that. So I want to thank all you guys for your contribution, for sharing your wisdom and your wealth, for sharing a part of the world that very few people will ever ever enter. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate your insights and your sharing. Okay. Right, well, thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, so we come back. We're going to ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Money does not make you rich. Because we had three outstanding champions, young men who started early in their lives to become champions, becoming just getting into the National Football League. As a you know, I started playing football when I was nine. And by the time I got to college, you know, I played all through college. And we had a pro football player come in, several, several come to teach us. There's a difference. Those guys are you know, gods as far as I'm concerned. But they make millions of dollars and the money for most of them are, is gone. Most of them are bankrupt within, I think 72% are bankrupt within four, four to five years. And because money doesn't make you rich. So I wanna thank Ryan Broyles, player for the Detroit Lions, Rod Smith, two-time Super Bowl champion, three-times pro bowler, captain of the Denver Broncos, and author of The Rod Effect, master of eight philosophies that took me from the projects to NFL Super Bowl stardom, and Chris Redman. He played for the Atlanta Falcons and Baltimore Ravens. So I thank these young men for giving us an insight to a world we will never see. Most of us will never see, at least I couldn't see it. Anyway, 
This is going to the most popular part of our program is Ask Robert, and you can submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. So, Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today comes from Sophia in Miami, Florida. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, Robert, I've built a successful business and am now in my third year. Unfortunately, we had a bad business partner who was stealing money from the company. I refuse to let it defeat me, and I'm working to save my business. My question is, have you ever had to use credit cards or your own personal funds to keep your business afloat? If so, how do you know when to say when to avoid financial ruin? Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you for taking the risk and welcome to the club. I've had more bad business partners than I've had great ones. And to me, a business partner is like my wife, Kim, who's playing golf today. You know, when you have a good one, it's heaven. When you have a bad one, it's hell. It's just like marriage. But the question is, is how do you find that good business partner? And most of us um, in business, we don't date. You know, we have an idea, we find this partner and we go off and then we find out the guy or girl is a crook, scoundrel, or a scumbag. And it's part of business. The first thing I would say this, I, my rich dad said to me, is says, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. And the first thing I would, would probably be the best advice to you is I would talk to a bankruptcy attorney. Look, business is a team sport. These guys, Rod Smith, and these guys will tell you that. If you don't have good team members who are advisors, like I have rich dad advisors, like Ken McElroy, Tom Wheelwright, Garrett Sutton, Andy Tanner, Blair Singer, it took me a long time to find my team. But once you have a team, it's heaven. Until then, we've gone, I've gone through, every one of my advisors has gone through a bad partner or multiple bad partners. It's just part of the process. So the first thing to do is stop digging, stop using credit cards, talk to a bankruptcy attorney to assess it, then talk to an accountant to assess your position, and then take advice from them. Ultimately, it's your decision, but you need qualified advice, professional advice around, both from an accountant and an attorney. But thank you for the question, and welcome to the club. Just keep your spirits high, okay? Thank you. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Andrew in New York. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know you teach the importance of building a team and I've taken that advice. My problem is trust and letting go to let my staff run the business. What worked for you and Kim when you decided to let others run your business? That is another great question and I don't really have an answer for that. I just trust and I wait and I see. I mean, that sounds really stupid. You know, I think President Reagan said trust but verify and until you do that, you don't know if you can trust them. So first of all, you have to trust. And if you don't trust, you'll never know. So it's kind of a catch 22, which came first, you know, the chicken or the egg. Well, if you don't trust, you'll never know. And that is one of the toughest. I wish I had an easy answer for you, but I will say this much. All of my advisors, including my sweetheart, Kim, will say this. You cannot do a good deal with a bad partner. Now the good news is out of every bad deal, comes a great partner. So you gotta let go too. So I met Kenny McElroy and he and I have gone on to make literally probably several hundred million dollars, you know. But he came from a bad deal. We met through a bad partner. And this partner, I won't mention his name, he wound up in jail. But it didn't even mean Kenny and I had to go to jail. You know, my first wife, Janet, she found out I was a bad partner. 
and, you know, I fooled around a lot. And she, so Janet said to me, don't, don't get married until you can stop fooling around. So once the moment I vowed I could stop fooling around, I met Kim. Now Kim would never put up with me if I fooled around. You see, I understand all of this stuff is that you have to look at yourself too is what I'm saying. Kenny would not do business with me if I was a bad partner. And Tom Wheelwright would not back me up on taxes if I was not an honest person. Garrett Sutton would not back me up in the law if I was a crook. And I have a lot of, lot of friends, you know, and, and they think, you know, what they say is that, the, why do you know the law? So you can get around it. That's not my idea of the law. But these guys, that's what they do. Another friend, of course, he's a Russian. He says, the law, that's only a suggestion. You know, well, he's my friend. I like him a lot, but I won't do business with him because I obey the law. So there's legal laws, ethical laws, and moral laws. And until you're clear on that, it's really, really dangerous as to what kind of partner you've had. Because I've had the same problem. I've had attorneys who stole from me. I had, I remember one of the, some of the worst people that steal from me are the guys who lead off with a handshake. Hi, are you a Christian? I'm a good Christian. Somebody has to lead with, I'm a good Christian. I go, if you have to say it, you're probably not it. And I do business with great Christians like, you know, Richard and Veronica Tan. They're hardcore Christians. They live and practice Christianity, but they don't push it on me. You see, you got to practice what you think. And finding that kind of person is really, 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 I think, the key to life. And especially today when you have so many crooked people all over from leaders all over the world who are raping, cheating, stealing, crooked. If you can't trust your team and your partners, you know, it's really a tough world. So that these questions are very, very important because there's so many people that will sell their soul for a buck. They always want more money. And I don't know how you talk to those people, that their, their legal, their ethics, and their morality is available for a buck. But you don't know until you do business with them. And I wish they could be another way. One way to do it is you can ask for referrals and talk to their friends. You can, you know, like some of these professional athletes we're talking to, I think I mentioned that one guy has 10 kids with seven wives. I don't know if I want that kind of guy as a business partner. And like I said earlier, and if I hadn't shaped up with Kim, I would have missed out on the best partner in my whole life, which is Kim. So you've got to be the kind of person you want to be in partnership with. That's the lesson of the day. So I want to thank all you for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at Rich Dad Radio. Again, thanks to Rod Smith, Chris Redman, and Ryan Broyles. And may you all take these lessons and go out and make it a better world. Thank you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.